0: They're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about our cap like for years, and every year and I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. Everybody who has made free soloing a big part of their life is dead now. Like, like, nailed. Nailed, like, nailed. I ain't never going back to I seen bands and I saw hope. Everybody, this is Adam Cleb with you back to Nashville's Castle Ultra hours, hours away from kickoff. Pain hey, Animal's Division Playoffs of the weekend. Four very exciting games that we previewed in our Division Playoff Preview podcast. So, with that said, man, we're a Lions podcast. We had a blatantly obvious Detroit Lions bias, and on this Saturday morning, watching some pregame shows, scrolling the Twitter, and ended up looking through a mock draft, which I try not to do before the season ends, officially at the Super Bowl, but honestly, Lions got two picks in the first round this year. It's a huge year for them as far as the draft is concerned. And there's a lot of things up in the air with them now having that second pick, not being number one overall and having their pick of the litter. The Jags, you know, what the Jags will do if they'll go tackle, if the go edge rusher is going to impact Detroit. Those are both teams that could go in a lot of directions. So I would look through one mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah, 1.0. And, you know, big DJ fan, have kind of transitioned to NFL Network for my draft-watching needs uh, over the past couple of years. You know, all all the love and respect in the world to Mel Kiper, but, uh, you know, that's that's the draft OG. But but DJ's got it on lock over there at NFL Network. He's been an upgrade over Mayock, frankly. It'll be interesting to see if Mayock comes back in the fold after being fired from the Raiders. With all that said... I think the situation that DJ gives for the Lions with how they handled their first two picks in the draft, obviously that first pick is going to be number two, very high. That second pick is the Rams pick, which is still in flux. Uh, it keeps falling with uh, each playoff win that the Rams accumulate, and I like them to win against the Bucks tomorrow, but that's going to be in the late 20s. What DJ has them doing is taking a edge rusher, They're at two, one of the better players, consensusly, in the draft. I don't know if consensusly is a word, but one of the consensus top flight talents in the draft. And then taking a quarterback in the 20s, later on, waiting for one of those guys to kind of fall. As this draft overall right now, all these quarterbacks, their values, end up getting inflated over time. Who knows? Maybe one of the guys will have a great combine Great pro day, great interviews, and they'll go in the top five. But right now, it does not really look like there's a top five for sure pick among the group of quarterbacks. Right now, again, I haven't done a lot of work on these guys. Lee and Tommy are more of the college dudes. I I more come back around in draft season, start reevaluating some things. But the current landscape of the 2022 quarterback class, as I understand it from just reading uh, articles online and watching a couple, you know, TV segments, YouTube videos, is that there's a consensus top six. And there's Matt Corral from Ole Miss. There's uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. There's Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. There's uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Um, Sam Howell from North Carolina. And then uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. And that is somewhat the the top six that you see out there. Those are the six guys that generally you will see going in the first round of mock drafts not all six going uh, in the first round but those are the mix of guys that you will tend to see if you take a look at some of these mock drafts a little bit early uh, as I ended up doing today so in this specific draft I don't really want to talk about the the quarterbacks themselves and who I like and who I don't because I just haven't looked into them enough but in this specific draft Mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah gives the Lions Aiden Hutchinson at two, the edge, uh, defender from Michigan, and then he gives them, I believe it was, Malik Willis, at twenty nine. I think is where he pegged the the Rams. He did. Uh, he for sure gave them Malik Willis. I don't know exactly what pick number it was, and Malik Willis is kind of the big developmental you know he's the jordan love he's the paxton lynch of of this draft almost it's a guy that has all the talent in the world physically but hasn't been able to put it all together on the field one of those guys too that maybe had a better 2020 than 2021 um, but a multi-talented player given his physical traits can run can pass Um, He's got one of the bigger arms of the quarterback class, from what I understand, as well. So, I again, don't want to get too much into the specifics of each quarterback, but, again, I think this scenario of taking a top flight talent with your second overall pick just to bolster the roster, because Lord knows this team needs a playmaker. It needs real elite players across the board at really any position, in my opinion. Just take the best guy in the draft— uh, at that point, at number two, is is a good decision. I think that's fine. But unless you are an idiot, you understand as a Lions fan that Jared Goff is not going to get this team to a Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. All right, If it didn't happen for them in L.A. with him as their quarterback when he had literally the perfect situation around him and he failed there, it's not going to work in Detroit, all right? I understand that he had—this is the only thing I'm going I'm to point out with Goff because I'm just blue in the face from trying to tell people that he sucks, all right? Goff can put together some decent games in the comfy confines of Ford Field where there's no wind, it's always 65 degrees or 70-whatever degrees in there. These are his home in a way splits, guys, all right? Eight games at Ford Field this year, a 70% completion percentage, 1,900 yards, 13 TDs, 3 picks, 99 quarterback rating. You know what? You can win games with that, all right? It's still not going to get you to the Super Bowl. His yards per attempt is garbage, 6.7, bottom tier in the NFL. His mobility is trash, okay? But you can win games with that in the NFL. What happens when this guy goes on the road? It's a little bad weather, a little crowd noise. Completion percentage drops 8 points, 62.7%, which is still a high completion percentage, but given his yards per attempt of 6.4, garbage. Garbage. Okay? TD to INT ratio, 6 to 5. Garbage. Rating drops from 99.5 to 80.7. A 20-point rating drop when he goes on the road. This is not a guy when you have to go to Soldier Field When you have to go to Lambeau in December and win a division game to get a home playoff game, he's not going to be that guy. You're not that guy, pal, all right, as that viral video said. Okay, so that's it on Goff. If you think Goff is the future, stop listening to this podcast right now and just reevaluate your life maybe or just go have fun living in that blissful mind state, all right? But Jared Goff cannot be the long-term plan at quarterback for this team. This team, in my opinion, needs to make some sort of quarterback move this offseason that shows that they don't believe that, all right? Goff, if he's on the roster next year, all right, fine. I'm not going to be, like, super upset. I'll be super upset if he's, again, going into camp as the clear starter, right? Or he's going into camp with no one young behind him, that he's either supposed to be mentoring or that he's going to pass the baton onto within the next season, okay? So that's the end of the conversation on Goff. He's not going to get it done in Detroit whatsoever. Maybe... Maybe if you drafted, you know, used all this draft capital and kept him around and didn't address the quarterback position, built a great roster, maybe he could get you a wild card spot and then like go to Seattle and lose in the first round. That's like the absolute max ceiling with this guy. Again, I can talk about this all day. Goff is not the guy. The Lions need to make a move at quarterback. Going back to DJ's mock draft, again, I think a very likely scenario to play out in this year's draft is that the Lions take the top flight, you know, best player available on their board guy at two. And then with that late 20s pick or with that pick at 34, the second pick in the second round, they take a swing on a developmental quarterback, whether it be uh, Carson Strong, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, whoever. They like the best. I think that's a very, very realistic situation. So this gets to my main concern. I'm burying the lead a little bit here. I'm 10 minutes in, and I'm going to get to my point of what I am most concerned about if that very likely, in my opinion, scenario plays out. Because I don't necessarily think that that's a bad decision. Okay? Don't force your pick at two. Don't overdraft a guy. Take an edge player, for example, like Aiden Hutchinson at a position of need on the team and then let the chips fall as they may and take a swing on a guy if you like them later on. But as you're taking a quarterback later in the draft, they're becoming less and less of a sure thing. Obviously, guys like Dak have gone in the fourth round. You know, guys like Cousins have gone a little later and, and turned out to be good quarterbacks. But statistically speaking, when you look at Quarterbacks drafted in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, round, sixth, round, seventh round. They become less and less successful the later and later you pick them as an aggregate. Doesn't mean it can't happen, though. And it doesn't mean a guy like Malik Willis, who has all the talent in the world, can't develop into a top-flight quarterback in the NFL. The issue that I see with this team right now is I don't think they have the infrastructure in place to develop that guy frankly even if there was say a top flight Trevor Lawrence in this draft that the Lions could take you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't a finished product when he got to the NFL that played itself out in Jacksonville okay I thought he was the best quarterback available in the draft I still think he has a very bright future ahead of him but that wasn't you know a finished product rarely do those guys come out you only get so many Andrew Lux who just like come into the league and ready to go so even if there was a guy at the top i would still say i don't know if this team has what it takes right now to develop a quarterback properly because if you haven't been paying attention they don't have an offensive coordinator right now the detroit lions do not have an offensive coordinator on staff they fired anthony lynn which whatever i wasn't a big lynn fan when when that move was made but basically halfway through the season you saw Dan Campbell who has never called plays before start calling plays and it was up and down if i'm being kind uh probably more down than up however i think from the time he started calling plays to the end of the season it got better I still don't think, if you're Brad Holmes, if you're Sheila Ford, uh, I don't really think you want Dan Campbell calling plays for the team going forward. And we want to talk about, you know, the end of the season press conference. Dan Campbell had an interesting quote when asked about holding on to that offensive coordinator play caller position. He said, I think the pros are that I'll only continue to get better as an offensive play caller, and I'll get better at both, being both as far as game management and a play caller. I think those are the pros. Campbell goes on to say, I think the cons can be that you're not as invested defensively and special teams with the totality of your players that you might be able to be if you weren't so invested in the offense. So I think that's the pros and cons, and I've got to decide that. So he's making it sound like it's kind of his decision whether or not he's the... Play caller, de facto OC, they will definitely bring in an offensive coordinator. It's just whether or not they're an offensive coordinator in name only or actually with the job function of being in charge of the entire offense and calling the plays on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, and in COVID, sometimes Tuesdays. All right? So the Lions also aren't in a big hurry to fill this position. That's concerning. Uh, if you look at the coaching staff right now, basically the only other person on staff who would be helping with develop the quarterback that they might likely take in the late first, early second round would be Mark Brunel, the quarterbacks coach who I don't know, it's his first ever coaching job in the NFL. He coached in high school, I guess, and I you know, former player seems like a good guy. I don't know if he can develop a raw college quarterback. It's just who 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 knows and ultimately he's not the one calling plays, ultimately he's not the head coach. So the other issue I guess I've seen is that they think about, oh, maybe the Lions some of the one of the more popular things you see when you're reading articles about what the Lions might do for their offensive coordinator position it's like, oh, you know, they might actually promote from within and make the tight ends coach the offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson, who has a history with Dan Campbell back in Miami, let's promote him from within to be the, who, okay, I guess, I don't know. I don't think Ben Johnson's calling play. so if that happens, that means Dan Campbell is going to basically be your offensive coordinator. And then if you draft a developmental quarterback high in the draft, late first, early second round, Ben Johnson is the offensive coordinator who is going to be dealing uh, with that developmental quarterback, along with Mark Brunel and Dan Campbell. That, to me... Does not seem like a good scenario for a young quarterback to come into a offense that doesn't at this point have any you know real receivers to speak of. Amon Ross St. Brown had a great second half of his season. I think he can be you know, a good player uh, in the league, but well, I mean, what if you need to develop a guy? I just don't think that's the right environment for it. So. Basically, what I'm saying is I am hopeful that the Lions hire an offensive coordinator who will call plays and has experience developing a young quarterback or getting more maybe out of a journeyman middle middling quarterback at some point in their career. Now, that might be kind of difficult to find. I don't know. Maybe somebody who worked under somebody who did that. But if you're the Lions... I don't, you know, I can't be in the room with them, but I would say that getting a quarterback that can be your future guy. If you, sure, you can build good rosters in the NFL, have a couple seasons where maybe you do something. You can be the Jag, go to an AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles with a great roster. Okay. If you want sustained success in the National Football League, you need a top 10 quarterback. It's that freaking simple. The Lions do not have a top 10 quarterback. So they need, the, the priority number one for this organization needs to be finding that top 10 quarterback to take them into the future. That doesn't mean they have to get that guy at number two, even if it's priority number one. That doesn't mean they need to sell the farm and try and make a big trade for whoever, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, who neither of those guys would want to come to Detroit anyway. But my point is simply, this needs to be priority one for the organization. There's a chance the quarterback that you draft in the late 20s, early 30s this year, I think that's an extremely likely scenario, but that guy is going to need a lot of development and a lot of coaching. And it's going to be need to be good freaking coaching for that guy to succeed and as it stands at this exact moment, I do not think that the Lions have the coaches have the system in place to have that happen. right? It's kind of like a 50 50 proposition if any of those quarterbacks even in the first round, it's like a 50 50 chance that the guy is even going to be good. okay? It's probably even lower when you're when you're drafting a quarterback in the 20s and the in the 30s, okay? It's like a 30 70% chance they'll be good, 70% chance they'll be bad. It's like a 15, 10 to 15% chance that they'll be good if you don't have the right people in place to help facilitate that development because they're not going to figure it out by themselves. Okay. And that is the part of this offensive coordinator conversation that I feel like no one's talking about. It's like, oh, the Lions don't have an offensive coordinator. Whatever. Dan Campbell will just call the plays next year. He improved. Dan Campbell might become the best play caller of all freaking time. Okay? Doesn't matter if you don't have a great quarterback to run the plays. Okay? Uh, whether or not Dan Campbell becomes a good play caller is is kind of beyond the freaking point. Okay? The Lions need to make an offensive coordinator hire. They might need to bring in some more offensive whatever to, I don't know, they need to figure something out in the sense that if we're going to draft a developmental quarterback, we need to make sure that we have the right people and the right systems in place to help that quarterback become what we think they can become, okay? And here's the thing, too. If you're drafting a quarterback at the end of the first round, early second round, first of all, I would just take, if you if you feel comfortable taking the quarterback at 34, you take them in the 20s, okay? Just do that because... If they get taken in between that point, you're going to be kicking yourself. Just bad decision, okay? So let's just stick with that late first round pick. If you're going to take a quarterback in the late first round, okay, you obviously believe that they can become a top 10 quarterback one day, okay? You're not drafting a freaking backup, okay, at the end of the first round, okay? The Packers didn't draft Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers' backup, okay? They plan on Jordan Love being the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Maybe, you know, not anymore after he's looked like trash, okay, but that was their plan when they took him. So, if you're going to take that guy, make sure that you have the right people in place to help make it happen. That's all I'm saying. And I don't really think anybody is sounding the alarms on that side of the offensive coordinator discussion for the Detroit Lions. Again, everybody, enjoy playoff football. Okay, we got a lot of time this offseason. To talk about these things and for me to yell about the Lions, enjoy the playoff football today. I like the Titans to win. I like the Packers to win. I like the Rams to win. And then I like the Bills to win, finishing off the weekend. Should be a great day of football. Last week, the games, a little bit of blowout, a little bit of, you know, uh, lesser tier teams playing uh, in some of those games. The seven seed thing is just ridiculous. But um, enjoy the games today. Much love to you.